morning. I'll be there next week. <laughs> good morning to you. It is so good to see everyone. Just by a show of hands, how many of y'all had to swim here today? A couple of us. Oh, we're glad you made it anyway. We're glad you made it anyway. Hope you grabbed a bulletin on your way in this morning. A lot of announcements in there. One announcement that is not in your bulletin uh, that I want to make you guys aware of is that um, from last week's uh, vote on our deacon nominations, uh, both men uh, were voted in by a very overwhelming majority. Um, and so we have um, our new deacons who will start uh, in the beginning of the year in January. A couple of other announcements in here. Uh, since it is Christmas time, we do have our Christmas post office out in the vestibule uh, towards the end of the hallway there. Please make sure that you check your a box for your cards every week as those start to pile up a lot. I know I had a stack for me and my family just this morning. So make sure you uh, check your boxes for your Christmas cards. They will start piling up. And uh, one last thing, next Sunday, uh, I know it's a last minute thing here. La uh, next Sunday is our Ugly Sweater Sunday. Um, and just in response to the challenge issued by our pastor last week, I have to confess that I will indeed have the uglier sweater um, so, sorry, Tommy, but uh, you will be outdone. Um, so, please make sure you bring your ugliest sweater next Sunday. And uh, Nancy? Also next Sunday, uh, in, on, in the evening at 6 p.m., our Christmas choir will be presenting our Christmas cantata, Hope Awakes in Bethlehem. I hope you will plan to be here, uh, bring a friend, bring some family, and just come enjoy a wonderful night of Christmas worship. And afterwards, we are Baptist. After all, we will go to the fellowship hall for fellowship, which is a code word for we're going to eat sweets. Um, we're going to have a, a Christmas cookie fellowship. And so if you'd like to bring some homemade Christmas cookies to share, that would be wonderful. That we will be providing beverages. But just come and just have plan to have a great night with your family. Also, for all of our children's church volunteers, I need to see you very, very briefly after the end of service, right down here, I just have some packets of information to give you. So, children's church workers, right after church. Thank you. All right. A lot of stuff coming up. So, again, make sure you grab your bulletin so you'll be aware of everything coming up in the coming weeks. Let's take a moment to pray together as we begin to prepare our service together. Lord, we are so grateful for this day, even though outside it seems gloomy and dark and damp. Lord, we know that it is still a blessing because it is a day that the Lord has made. And we will still continue to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we are thankful that you have allowed us to gather together as your people. Lord, there are those of us here today who have had a rough week. There are those of us who have been beaten up by life and have gone through dark valleys. There are those of us who have experience the grandest of mountaintop victories. There are those of us who have had the most fantastic week and have been blessed beyond measure this past week. So Lord, with those who mourn, we mourn. With those who rejoice, we rejoice. But Lord, as your people are gathered, we ultimately come to honor, to praise, and to glorify you. The one who is the one who caused all this to happen, the one who is the great initiator of all things, the sovereign king of all kings, the gracious Lord of all lords, the one who came from the splendor of heaven and entered into the realm of humanity, 
to become one of us, to live among us, and to die in our place. So, Lord, as we come today, help us to remember, help us to celebrate, help us to worship, for that is what we have come to do, to exalt the name that is above every other name, the name of our Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
If your church has been around long enough, they've probably got one of these hanging on their wall somewhere. It's a painting of a shepherd and a sheep. Well, lots of sheep. Uh, beautiful green pastures, still waters. It's quiet, it's peaceful. It, it's all of that. But have you ever tried to steer a sheep? All right, time for dinner. Come back. No, it's okay. You guys, wait. We're friends. Why do you run? Hey, don't get smart out with me, all right? All right, someone's getting the shears. And if I'm to be honest, sheep, they're dumb. I don't know if you've heard. No, they're just not as smart as other animals. No, they're dumb. Like, walk off a cliff just because it's there. Dumb. All right, do you want me to take you out to pasture? Because I will take you out to pasture. No, no, come back. Karen, no, Karen, over here, over here. Goodness gracious, they're just stubborn. Skittish, too. Fearful little things. Oh, don't be like that. Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Do you want me to get the shepherd's hook? Hey, hey, I'm the one that feeds you. Hey, don't ignore me. I think I get kids ministry now. Fine. I love you. You ever wondered why Jesus called us a sheep? Kind of a bitter pill to swallow, huh? If we were to closely examine our lives, look at all the messes that we make, how fearful we are, how fickle and wayward we can, well, if I can just put it bluntly, how dumb we can be, we are sheep. Yeah, sheep, that's about right. <laughs> but thankfully, God sent us a good shepherd, someone who will be gentle with us when we are far from home, someone who will be firm when he needs to be. Doesn't it say everything that God picked shepherds to send the good news of Jesus' birth and that right there should remind us of his shepherd in ways right off the bat. That first Christmas, it was a sign of peace with God for all eternity. And our shepherd, he paid the price for that peace. The highest price. I don't know about you, but this Christmas, it means so much to me that I have a good shepherd. Good morning. Last Sunday, we lit the first candle, the candle of hope. Today, we light the second candle, the candle of peace. We light it knowing that the peace is elusive, and in some parts of the world, it's almost completely absent. Yet in this season of Advent, we trust that God is never absent from us. And even where there is war and discord, whether between countries, within families, or within our own hearts... God is always present, loving us even when we don't love ourselves. Take encouragement from Christ that your joy may be complete. Practice a ministry of humility and compassion, for God is at work in you, empowering you. 
As we welcome Christ into our hearts, let us go forth in hope and in peace. Let us pray. Loving God, in this time of preparation and planning, we thank you for the hope and peace you continually offer us. Show us the creative power of hope. Teach us the peace that comes from your presence. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. In the name of the one born in Bethlehem, amen. Well, let's stand once again and sing some more together.
Where are those? One, two, three, four. Yeah, relax. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hello. Morning, fan. <laughs> Big smile. I served for a year in East Asia and sharing the gospel. I served in East Asia for one year as a missionary. I wanted to experience something new, so I decided to go to overseas. 한국의 젊은이들은 자꾸 있어요. 그들이 일할 기회로 이 프로그램을 통해서 그들의 삶이 완전히 뒤바뀌었습니다. 아이비 선교사로서 우리는 이 청년들에게 예수 그리스도를 증거하는 훈련을 시킵니다. 이들은 집중 훈련은 통해서 6개월, 1년 동안 그곳에서 IMB 선교사와 함께 협력 사역을 합니다. The unforgettable moment was watching a new friend to surrender to God and being baptized. She began to cry when he shared the gospel about Jesus Christ, and then she received Jesus as Lord. I met one friend, and she didn't heard the gospel before, so I felt really very sad. I met a friend in English Corner, and I shared my testimony, and he received Jesus as uh, his Lord. I shared the gospel with a man for six months, and he finally accepted Jesus. 이 청년들이 많은 결실을 맺지 못한다 할지라도. 그곳에서 선교사로서의 경험을 하고 돌아옵니다. 돌아온 후에 복음 증거의 열정을 회복하고 혹은 풀타임 사역자로 헌신하기도 합니다. It was great experience. It taught me a lot of humility. It taught me how to share the gospel to my friends and my coworkers. I found my calling to join seminary and be a pastor so that I can serve people and tell the gospel to the people full time. Through this experience, now I want to be a missionary. 미국의 성도들의 라디문 성교 성탄 헌금을 통해서 한국의 청년들이 그리스도의 제자로 훈련받고 그리고 복음으로 재무장합니다. 이것이 바로 전 세계를 향한 우리의 협력 사역입니다. Good morning. Let us pray. Father, the scripture says, Who has ever given to you that you should repay him? Father, I pray that we keep in mind that even our being here is your mercy being poured out on us. That we may learn more about you. That we may come and worship you. That not all have this ability. Father God, I just pray that we give in the same way. That we keep our hearts in the same way. Of mercy and grace to the best of our abilities. Thank you for it, Father. In Christ's name I pray all this. Amen. I invite you to please stand again and let's sing together now as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive today's message.
you have your Bibles with you this morning, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, to the book of Psalms, and we are going to be looking today at the 98th Psalm, Psalm number 98. The psalmist, he writes, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wonderful things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained the victory for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth and sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and with the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully. Before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord, for He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Let's take a moment to pray together. Almighty God, as we come to this time where we open your holy, your inerrant, infallible, authoritative, true word, we pray now that your spirit would accomplish his good work. We pray that he would illumine the message from this text. We pray that he would enter into the hearts and lives of people who hear your voice. We pray that your word would have its perfect power in our lives. That your word would transform, change us from the very depths of our being. That as we examine your word and we seek your voice, we would behold a glimpse of the glory of your beloved Son, and whose likeness you have called us to be. Lord, change us, shape us and form us, convict and encourage us. We pray that through this text you would be honored and glorified, and that Christ's name continued to be exalted. We pray this in his name. Amen. It is known throughout song that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Don't worry, I won't sing. There's the being with family, enjoying fellowships with friends and loved ones, being able to see festive decorations, enjoying the warmth of fellowship with others, 
celebrating the birth of Christ. And of course, there's the giving and getting of gifts. Christmas is known to be the most wonderful time of the year. However, if we are honest with ourselves, doesn't it seem less and less wonderful year after year? There comes a year where Christmas is so great and it's grand and it's a, it's a great time to be with people that we love. It's a great time of celebration. And then as the years go by, the wonder becomes less and less apparent. Christmas now becomes stressful. Schedules get busy. We become chaotic, trying to put everything together. At times, it can also be anxious and depressing. And Christmas then becomes not the most wonderful time of the year. It's usually around Christmas that we hear the term rejoice. As Pastor Tommy teaches the youth on Sunday mornings, I have the privilege of teaching them on Wednesday nights. And right now, as we are in a series of Christmas lessons, we're talking about what it means to rejoice. To rejoice in in simple terms is to feel and to show great joy and great delight. To feel and to show great joy and great delight. It's more than just having that happy feeling. It's more than just having a, a warm feeling inside of you. But to rejoice is to feel great joy. A great comfort and contentment. And not just to feel it, but to show it in your expression. People should be able to tell that you are rejoicing. People should be able to see an air of rejoicing about you if you truly rejoice. Yet for a lot of us, it doesn't seem to be that way anymore. Now, I know it can be easy as we walk through these doors to put on a face of rejoicing and people come and greet you and, hey, it's so great to see you. I hope you've had a great week. Oh, yes, I've had a great week. It's been uh, it's been a great time. I've had a very pleasant week. And yet under the mask is the truth that joy hasn't been there this past week. Behind the mask is the truth that There is not much rejoicing going on in your life right now. But when we truly rejoice, people should be able to see it. It should be known. If Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, and it's a time of rejoicing, then how is it that we can rejoice? If we've lost our Joy, and we've lost our spirit of rejoicing. How do we get it back? How do we rejoice again? Well, the easy answer is the celebration of the birth of Christ, is it not? But you see, the truth is, as believers, we don't just rejoice in the birth of Christ. We rejoice because of who the child born is. There's not much known historically about this psalm that we read just a moment ago. All that we know is in the subscript, this is a psalm. However, 
this psalm, I believe, reveals to us three characteristics of the child that we celebrate. The child that helps us to rejoice. The first characteristic we notice here is that Jesus is the redeeming one. Jesus is the redeeming one. The psalmist begins in verse 1 with an exhortation to sing to the Lord a new song. This term, new, we see this a lot in Scripture, singing to the Lord a new song. This term, new, means an original or a fresh sound of praise. In other words, what the psalmist is encouraging us to do is to not just simply utter words that we say over and over and over and over again. But as we offer our praise to the Lord, let it be a fresh sound of praise. Because God is always doing things. He is constantly at work. He's always doing things in our lives and around us. And so for that reason, we should be giving fresh praise to the Lord every moment of every day. There's nothing that God does that is old and past. He's always doing new things. And so we are to sing to the Lord a new song. Usually when we see this in Scripture, it's in response to a work of the Lord. We see this first occurrence in the book of Exodus chapter 15. Moses and the Israelites are singing a praise to the Lord because of the salvation seen at the Red Sea. God had delivered His people out of the bondage of slavery in Egypt. They had come to this obstacle at the Red Sea and God in His mercy and His grace and providence has delivered them. And Moses and the people of Israel in Exodus 15 sing a new song of praise to the Lord. Throughout the Old Testament, when God delivers Israel from hardship and from times of danger, there is always seen a new song being sung. Now, a lot of times it seems as if the words are the same or the words are repetitive from previous passages. But let me tell you, as the people of Israel are singing these songs, it's not an old song they're singing. It is a new, fresh sound of praise because God has continued to do marvelous works in rescuing His people. We see towards the end of the Scripture in Revelation chapter 5, as John records seeing the Lamb that was slain and yet standing again, he records looking and examining the splendor of heaven and he hears a new song being sung. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open it. For you were slain, and by your blood you have purchased a people from every nation and tribe and tongue. The new song that is sung in the book of Revelation. And doesn't it sound like we sing that even now? But as John is recording it, he says they're singing a new song in heaven. The Lamb who was slain has purchased a people. This is also the reason why the psalmist is singing as well in Psalm 98. Because the psalmist, as he continues in verse 1, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done wonderful things. His right hand and His holy arm have gained the victory for Him. As the psalmist says that, that He has gained the victory. We can also say that He has accomplished salvation. A salvation and redemption is done. He has accomplished it for His people. But how has the Lord done this? Because He has sent the Redeemer 
to us. He has gained the victory for himself. He has accomplished salvation. You see, we have to remember that as we come to Christmas year after year, we have to remember that this celebration of the birth of Christ, it's more than just a one time a year celebration. But the celebration of Christmas is just another piece in the picture of God's grand vision of redemption. It's another piece in God's big puzzle of history. You see, the psalmist even says in verse number 3, he has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. It's just another piece of God's great picture of love for us. He has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. We see this in all of Scripture. We can go back to Genesis 3.15 in the Garden of Eden where God first proclaims the coming of a Messiah. And we can see in Genesis chapter 12 where God tells Abraham, Abraham, in you, in your lineage, all of the families of the earth will be blessed. There is coming a Messiah from your family line, Abraham. We hear prophecies such as Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, as we have just sang a moment ago that there is a child to be born and a son to be given. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We can look at the prophet Micah, who tells us that this ruler and the shepherd of Israel will be born in Bethlehem. There's countless other Old Testament prophecies that tell of God's faithfulness of His sending a deliverer to the house of Israel. And what does the New Testament begin with but the sounding of a cry of a newborn baby? The promise has come. You see, God had promised to send salvation to mankind. He had promised it long ago. And that salvation has only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, as He sent His Son to this earth, and we celebrate His coming, we can proclaim with the psalmist, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. What does salvation look like? Looks like a newborn baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We rejoice because Jesus is the redeeming one. If that's not enough, I don't know what is. He has come to save, to deliver, and to redeem us. But we also see that Jesus is the reigning one. He's the reigning one. In verses 4 through 6 of this psalm, the psalmist gives us kind of a very vivid picture in his language. He gives us a picture of shouting voices and loud music. It's such an image, such picturing and such language gives us the, the vision of the welcome for a king. This is stuff that would happen when a king would come into town. The instruments were, would be played in the town. The people would shout at the top of their lungs. Praises would be sung because the king, the king has come into town. And so he needs a due welcome. 
We know throughout history that Israel has sang to her king. Zechariah chapter 9 prophesied it. And we see the fulfillment in Matthew 21. At the triumphal entry, Jesus Himself, the King of the Jews, comes into Jerusalem knowing what awaits Him in the coming week. And what is it that the people shout? Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. They're praising their King. This One who is the King of the Jews. Who had come to His people. And now receiving their praise. Even in humility, the people recognized the King had come into town. However, this psalm does not speak of merely a King of the Jews. This psalm mentions the praise to be worldwide. In verse number 4, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. This is more than just a centralized sound of praise. This is more than just a one people group offering shouts of praise. This is worldwide. This is more than just the king of the Jews coming into town. This is people all over the globe singing praises to the king of the world. The king of all kings. Uh, The king who sits enthroned above the earth. This is a great and mighty king. And we can even note his coming. Listen to this coming of the king. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword. So that with it he may strike down the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the king who has come into town. This is the king that the world is praising. This is the king who is receiving the praises of his people. And he has now come into town. We sing praises to our king week after week, do we not? There are those of us who were here last week and we already sang praises to our king. Yet isn't it interesting that usually when we offer our praise to the king, usually it's quiet. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. What kind of praise is that? And isn't that what we have week after week? Of all people on the face of the planet, of all people who know the true King, who have been brought into this kingdom, we should be the ones with the loudest praise. We should be the ones drowning out the sounds of the world, praising their King. We should be the ones who shout joyfully, joy to the world, for the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. He deserves our highest praise. He deserves the greatest glory. 
For He is the King of all kings. He is the one who reigns above all. He is the one who every knee will bow before. He is the one who every tongue will confess. That He and He alone is the Lord and the King of all kings. So of all people, at this time of year and from now on, our praise to the King should be great and mighty. We have a mighty king. He is powerful and victorious. The battle has already been won. The victory has already been given. And our praises to the king should be given joyfully. We see that Jesus is the redeeming one. He is also the reigning one. But lastly, Jesus is the ruling one. He's the ruling one. The psalmist concludes this psalm with another picture. It's a picture of the work of this redeeming king. And his work is a holy and it is a righteous work. You see, we have a term for righteousness even in America. The term for righteousness in America we call blind justice. That justice should be blind or unbiased. Yet doesn't it seem that now justice is wide-eyed? Justice is no longer blind. The innocent unborn are slaughtered every day. A personal prejudice leads to slandered reputations. Right is now wrong and wrong is now right. Justice is no longer blind in America. But this king, this king will rule and he will judge in true righteousness. His righteousness far exceeds any righteousness that we would ever face on this planet. In verses 7 and 8 of this psalm, we see... Creation, praising this king. Why in the world would creation praise this king for making things right? Because if you haven't noticed, even our creation is broken. Even our creation is in need of justice. Think of the natural disasters that happen. Example A. Thank you, Lord. Think of the natural disasters that happen. Think of the wildfires that Go across the globe. Think of the natural habitats that are now in decay. Creation is broken. Creation is in need of justice. Plants die. Air is polluted. This is why Paul will describe in Romans chapter 8 that the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and to the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Even creation is waiting for that day when the king comes and he makes things right. Even creation is waiting for the day when the new earth will be here, where there will be no natural disaster. 
where the air will not be polluted, where plants will no longer die and wither, when the new earth will be here. And this king, we know also, will make things right among people. We are all broken, just like creation. We are all in need of justice. And what is this justice that is required of us? Without blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But see, this is why Jesus is is the great judge. This is why He is the ruling one. The one who is righteous. This is why Peter would say to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, God had ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. He is the righteous judge. He is the one who will come and make all things right with us. He is the one who will come and give recompense where recompense is due. The judgment of the Lord is righteous and it is just. And He will make all things right. Among creation and among us. The wickedly rebellious, they will suffer condemnation, as is His righteous judgment. But the righteous who live by faith in the Son of God will be saved, for He is righteous and He is just. Judgment may be wide open, In our world. But we serve a greater judge. We serve a judge who will. Commend the right. And will punish the wrong. He is the ruling one. So today I ask you a simple question. Can you rejoice today? Can you rejoice? I'm not asking are you happy? I'm not asking if you've had a great week, if you have a great week planned ahead of you. I'm not asking if your circumstances are good. I'm not asking if life is going well with you. I'm asking, can you rejoice? Can you hold on to that joy? That joy that will not go away. Can you express that joy to those among you? And can people see within you that even in the lowest, darkest valley, that there is still joy in your heart? To the weary Christian who cannot rejoice today, come to Jesus. We hear in the Bible, we can cast all of our burdens on him because he cares for you. Come to Jesus. Give Him your problems. Give Him your worries. He's the one who will make all things right. He's the one who has come to save you. Come to Him. Just because you've come once doesn't mean that you have to stand away. Come again. Cast your cares on Him. For He cares deeply for you. To those of us who 
are here today who may not know this Jesus, who have yet to come to experience this child that is born. Without Christ, you can never truly rejoice. But there is hope. There is hope. And today I want you to hear the message that was proclaimed to the shepherds so long ago. That today, this very moment, right now, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Come to Him. Come to this manger. See this child that was born to save you. He was born to give you life. He was born to rescue you from the domain of darkness. Come and believe upon Him today. Church, Christ has come. He's here. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's take a moment to pray together. Lord, we are so grateful for this time of year that we can not only celebrate, but we can remember what you did so long ago. We are thankful that you have given us a child. We are thankful that there is a son who was born. The one who is called Jesus. Lord, He is the only way we can rejoice. He is the only way we can experience true joy in our lives. So Lord, as we are in this time of year, help us not just to celebrate a yearly tradition. Help us not get bogged down by life. Help us not to succumb to the throwing waves of life. But in the midst of it all, help us to rejoice because Christ has come and He has come for us. Lord, I pray for those among us who have been beaten down. I pray for those of us who cannot rejoice and our joy has faded away. I pray that the light that was given to the world would illumine their hearts again and help them to rejoice. I pray for those of us who have experienced this joy. Help us to not lose sight of it. Help us to hold on to this joy. The joy found in the cries of the newborn king. Help us to rejoice in you. Do your perfect work in and among us in these next few moments. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and join us as we sing?
again for being here with us. I want to close with this benediction. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Church member, I mean, children's church workers up to the front, please.